This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. My guest today is Courtney Kardashian. I'm excited to share this conversation for a few reasons. We recently teamed up with her lifestyle brand Poosh to create a special limited edition version of our infamous vagina candle. It's called This Smells Like My Pooshie, and you can check it out on goop.com. Today, Courtney and I talk about her roots and the foundation that shaped her life before she and her family ever appeared on television. We talked about the moment that Courtney regrets being filmed, what she learned in the process, and how she stays close to herself through it all. Courtney and I also talked about the early days of Poosh and her principles when it comes to wellness. I loved hearing her perspective about listening to her nervous system and why it's important to give ourselves a break from our rituals every now and then. So let's get to my conversation with Courtney Kardashian. How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's been a day. I like was gone for nine days, which is the longest I think I've ever been away from my kids. It felt like forever. It was supposed to be eight days and then it got extended a day. And then my son is six. So I'm home with him and, you know. How do they cope with you being gone for so long? They were good. They were with their dad. So I don't feel as busy, you know, like I don't, it's not like if they were home with a nanny, I, think I would not have been able to leave town or like had extreme guilt. I, I get really intense mom guilt. I don't know about you, but like it gets me. So I, yeah. It's kind of the upside of divorce, right? That like, if you go yeah. away with, with your partner, the kids are still with their other parent. Yeah. I think it's just way less, way less guilt. That's like, you're right. That's like one of the, one of the benefits. Yeah. Where do you think mom guilt comes from? I don't know. I have it too. And you just said it and I'm like, 
Yeah. I was thinking about it today or maybe it was yesterday when I was coming home from the airport and I was thinking, is it something that's like, because of like how like your mom is and you want to do things like differently or the same, or, you know, like measure up or do better. I mean, I hear the term so often Yeah. that I also wonder, does every mom have it? I think every mom finds a way to feel bad about some aspect of her mothering, unfortunately. Yeah. Are you, are you the first in birth order? I am. You're the first. I also think we bear the Brunt, particularly the firstborns of like a lot of the, you know, anxieties of our parents. And, you know, it's like they have a kid and they're, it's like you're treating the kid with kid gloves and their successes are your successes, their failures are yours in a way that maybe isn't so healthy. Right. And by Mm -hmm. the time, I think by the time people get to their fourth kid, they're like, whatever, you know, and maybe the pressure, the pressure is a little bit less. I don't always feel like first, especially first girls, we always, feel like we carry an extraordinary amount of, of responsibility, right? Like the sense of like that we have to do everything and hold it all together and be everything for everybody. Yeah, it's so true. Even like my son, his, you know, even with boys, like I notice, I feel like he has a lot of the same similarities, like as I had. And even like, I notice it with like Kim's daughter, like her first, like, I'm like, we're so similar, you know, I just feel it. Like there's like a first kid. It's a thing. Similarity. It's totally a thing. And, yeah. and are you and your ex, like, is it easy and is it friendly? And yeah, it's super, super easy and friendly. I feel like I learned from my own parents and just trying to be who got divorced. Yeah. Just like to keep it like, there's no reason not to be or to, or to at least try or keep it as cool as you can for the kids. Yeah. I think what I hear from certain friends is that sometimes like if they perceive that there are real deep hurts and injustices, it's like really hard for them to get over and essentially like forgive the, the, the father, you know, for, yeah. And, and so like, for me, I really had to, when Chris and I broke up, like, I really, really, really wanted to maintain that sense of family, even though we weren't a couple. And so many Mm -hmm. kids that I had talked to who were a product of of divorce were saying, you know, it was all, it wasn't the divorce. It was the fact that they, you know, weren't nice to each other and stopped laughing. Talk about each other or like give little like subtle digs and think you don't really notice or like also when like friends choose sides you know like family friends like I remember my parents friends would choose sides and then it makes you feel like oh you oh you don't like my mom or like you know like I would be like feel some kind of way about them yeah makes perfect sense yeah I have so many questions for you I I mean, like the place that you and your family hold in the culture is so absolutely fascinating. And like the power that you guys all hold as a collective and the power that you have to shape culture or like move product, like it's just phenomenal. And I wanted to ask you like, in your mind, how did it happen? Because I know, of course, there was the original reality show, but like 
was there a strategy behind this? Was your mom like, oh, I see a template for how to do this? Like, I'm so curious. So my grandmother had a, a children's clothing store for like 30 years and she was like the worker. Like my grandfather was mo- mostly like stayed home. Which side? On my mom's side. And so she was like the worker. And then I remember after my dad died, my mom was like, I'm going to open a kid's store. It's like a passion. I feel it's like I have to do it. Do you want to do it with me? And I was like, sure. At the time I was building like a styling portfolio and I was doing some styling jobs, but it wasn't like I don't know. I wasn't feeling super like passionate or fulfilled. And then my mom was like, okay, let's do this together. My, my mom took me to like the Mart taught me how to do the buying. I did it. I didn't even have like a real budget. We just would like order, like, as we felt like we needed or things we loved. And we had the cutest kids store and then a space and it was doing really, really well. And we were like the only people in the store. And where, where was it? In Calabasas, where we live. It's so funny. It's like right down the street. And then two doors down, a space opened up. And I was like to my sisters, like, we have to open the store dash. This like a women's store. Like we okay, all love. So this clothes. is before you're on TV or anything. Before we were on TV. Okay. And then while we were doing that, Kim was styling or not styling, but she would go like, this was her job. Like she'd go to her friends' houses, clean out their closet and fully organize them and like get rid of things that were not cool. And then be like, you should, I think these are some things you should get. And then she she was like the original Marie Kondo. Yes. Of like closets. And so she would also fully organize it, like color organized, same hangers, you know, everything was perfection. Amazing. That doesn't surprise me about her. And so then she was doing it for Paris Hilton and they happened to be filming Simple Life at the same time. And then the the producer was so fascinated by Kim and what she was doing and, you know, just in talking to her. And so she was like, let's shoot something. And then they, in one of the shooting days, they came to our store. And then the producer was so fascinated by the three of us, like me, Kim and Chloe, and that we had this store and just our interactions with each other and whatever. And then like, they came to like a family day too at the house and we had a barbecue or something. And then just, it just was like a show. Like, wow. How quickly did your lives change? I would say season, like after season three or something. And then Chloe and I remember we were shooting our Miami show. It was like season one. We had like a take spinoff um, series in Miami, Courtney and Chloe take Miami. And then that was like when it was really started to be different, but it all happened really fast. Our seasons were like back to back to back. And we were supposed to just be filler. The first season was kind of like, I think a show didn't work out in the final hour and they like needed something to fill the space. And so we did it. And we didn't even really think. And we kind of thought the only like strategy, I guess, like to answer your question was more like my mom thought, oh, this is going to be amazing for our stores. (laughs) Like, like this is going to help, like people will see our stores and they're going to come shop in our stores. And then we ended up having like three dash locations on a website. And then it just, it, it was never the same if we weren't there. 
I could make a sale like no other. My mom was like the best salesperson of all time. <laughs> but like I was a really good buyer. That was more my strong point. And my mom did like the best windows. We had so much fun, but it feels like a different lifetime. And I mean, I'm sure there are complications in families because there always are, but it feels like you're really close to your mom and that she's incredibly supportive. What is her legacy as a mother to you? I think like she instills in us this incredible sense of like celebrating life to the fullest. Like she loves any excuse to celebrate something. She's also instilled obviously an incredible work ethic in all of us and this like desire to, it's almost like a challenge, like within ourselves of like wanting to grow and do better and I think we, you know, we may like measure success differently than each other. Like, I think we're all different people, obviously, but I think it's like this desire to keep like going and stay really motivated. But yeah, like the, the celebrating life and having fun, I think it's like within each of us, little simple things too, as like the way we keep our homes. Like I noticed so many similarities between us, but I think she lives like such a fabulous life. When I look at her life and all that she's accomplished and she's had such a beautiful life. How old were you when your parents got divorced? I was 11. 11. Yeah. And how old were you when he died? I was 24. Mm, that's so young. Yeah. I mean, my brother was 16, so because I'm, since I'm the oldest. Right. I was 30 when my dad died. So I got a little, a few. Oh, really? Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a really tough, well, it's always tough, but I think when you're like, particularly 16 to 24 or 30, like when you're really trying to wire up and become the person that you're going to be as an adult in the world. And yeah, I think it's like a sense of security. Then it feels like it's like, yes, I don't know. Even like not only like financially, but like advice or, you know, just like so on so many levels. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's tough. Had your mom already remarried when your father died? It, yes. And my dad was, was remarried too. And did you go back and forth to houses? How did it work? So we had a schedule, but I really didn't, we didn't have to stick to it. Like our parents were pretty lenient about it. And so I mostly lived with my dad. Oh, I just like, no, cause no one was there. I had like alone time. <laughs> I just liked it. I had more freedom. Like I didn't feel like, oh, it's dinner time, you know, come down at this time and sit with the family. I don't know. It was more like <laughs> me and my dad would go out to dinner you know, it just felt different, like just being there alone. And then Kim would spend a lot of time with me there too, because we're 18 months apart. And I felt like she would like to spend more time there too. What was he like? Super funny. And then like really loving, kind. He was the more strict parent, but not more strict than most of my friend's parents. He was very like loving and gentle and kind, but like just had rules. Like we had to be home in high school at like 11 o'clock and none of my friends had to be home at 11 o'clock. 
but he would always say, well, you're going to, you're playing hard to get your people are going to want to hang out with you guys more if you have to be home. So, and he was just big on like teaching us like to be appreciative and that it's not all about money and that like money isn't happiness. Cause I think growing up in LA, it can be hard. I was going to ask you about that because it seemed like a really specific time in LA when you were growing up. Mm -hmm. It was like the nineties when we were like in high school. Oh, I always think you guys are so much younger than I am. No. What, what year did you graduate high school? 97. Oh, you're so much younger than me. I graduated in 90. Okay. So I see. So like, right. So I grew up. But yeah, I feel like in, in, we were like in high school, it was like the nineties where we would like started going to like nightclubs at like 16 or like, you know, we would try to like sneak in places and somehow made it in. Like who were the, like, who were the popular bands? Like who were the rock stars in those clubs at those days? I don't know. I mean, we would go and it was like, I'm trying to think like people we would even see. Are these clubs on sunset? Like yeah, like we'd idea. go to like bar one. I don't even know. I it grew up like in New York. That, so. It became, I'm trying to think. I think it's Bootsy Bellows now. Oh, I know. I've heard about this from my daughter, which don't judge me. Yeah. It's like across from Boa. And that was like the club. Like my mom used to go there. My dad used to go there. And then it was like Sky Bar on sunset. So then we would go there. But then I felt like my Kim and I would go home and we would go to sleep and we'd sleep at our friends' houses. And then we didn't find out till years later that they would steal my car when we were sleeping and they would go drive our cars around and like go to to like after parties until like, who knows what friends. Yeah. Why? Why would they take your cars? Did you have fancy cars? They didn't cars? have cars yet. Oh. <laughs> they, they didn't have, they probably didn't even have their license. Like they were just taking our car, like my car when I was sleeping. And did you feel like this was a time in LA of excess or entitlement? Like you mentioned kids sort of not yeah. having to have jobs. It was kind of like a brattier, you know, time or people like, I definitely remember growing up in LA, like people, you know, giving you like, worth or value a lot by like what you had or everyone wanted like a designer bag or, you know, things like that, where I felt like it seemed to like mean something. But I think that my parents did a really good job of like balancing it with Kim just always loved to work. The second she could drive, like she had a job and she, cause she loved buying the stuff for herself. Cause our, our parents, they would get us like a, a nice gift for like our birthdays or Christmas. But besides that, we didn't just like have an allowance or a credit card or something that we could just go get whatever we wanted, you know? So you had to earn the money for it, which is great. Part of the work ethic. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spot in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space 
or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. So then you guys, you have this upbringing in LA, you you end up on this e-series, and then you become super famous. Was that like a shock to the system? I mean, I, I just think about my own trajectory, and it was like, you know, I had a little part in this and then one line in that and then a scene in this and then no work for, you know, and then, so it was like, and then I got a little part where I got some attention. So it was like this gradual buildup, I think from about 18 to 22 until I really popped. But at the time I was, you know, understanding the industry and all that stuff. But like, was it a shock to just become famous? I don't know. It felt like we were around like the life, you know, like for so long. And I did go away to college also in between. For four years? Yeah. For four and a half years. Where did you go? I went to SMU in Dallas for two years. Fun. Okay. And then I transferred to all my friends went to University of Arizona. So like it, it wasn't as great of a school as SMU, but I just felt like I was missing out. <laughs> so I transferred to University of Arizona and I finished there and I did two and a half years there. And then I was going to go to law school and I did the LSATs and applied to law schools. And then I changed my mind. Once I was home, I was like, I don't want to go away again for four more years. I couldn't imagine it. And so I stayed home. A month after I came home from college, I moved in with like with my boyfriend at the time. I just like didn't want to leave. I was so happy to be home with my family and then our show. But no, I think it was it was somewhat gradual because like we started, you know, season one was 12 episodes. Like it was probably like maybe a year and a half in of like slowly, maybe even two years. Yeah, probably two years in. And then it started getting more like more and more. And then it became like where life had to change at a certain point where like, how, like, I don't know. I think back to our first seasons, like even this is just stupid, but like our hair and makeup, like we used to do our own. And then we started like all meeting at my mom's house at five in the morning or something and all sharing like a glam team and like rotating. And then now we each, do glam, like, as we call it, like in our own houses and everyone has their own thing. And like security became like a big thing after like just the, the way we could move around town, especially with, when you have a camera crew there and like, it's very obvious if a camera's on the street and you're walking out of the car, like everyone's looking like, who is it? Who's about to come out of the car? You know, what's happening. So it just became like a different thing, but like we, and we used to film in our stores and cause that was part of our lives. And then we had to eventually start like locking the door and filming in the store. And then like when we would leave, we, you know, we'd have to like let a certain amount of people in and then let those people out. And then the next people could come in like only five at a time or something could be in the store. Cause people would rush and want to meet you guys. And- it would get like, they weren't really there to like, 
to shop. shop. They wanted to look at you. Yeah. And so then... And, and is this like... Forgive me for not knowing more about how reality television works, but are they really just filming what's happening in your life? Or are they like, hey, today we want to do a, a scene where, you know, Courtney falls in love with or like is flirting with someone? And like, how does it actually work? No, it's like, it's our lives. And there's so many of us. So obviously everyone has really different lives. And what I love so much about this show is like our lives before we had kids, we would sit all together at my mom's house and hang out and drink vodka cranberry and like film. And it was, we had the best time. But then like once, like I had kids first and then I was like, no, I will not glam for two hours and sit here anymore. I'm doing 20 minutes. My priorities changed where I was like, I don't want to sit and, you know, do some of the same things that I was doing. So I think that, yeah, like now it's amazing because our show now is so much more like it'll follow me in exactly what I'm doing all day. And, and for real, like you're not, you're not. No, I haven't felt one time in this season, like I've even filmed because I'm like, it's not any extra time beyond what I'm actually doing. So and do they I'll say like, like, do that again? We, we didn't catch you doing that. No, not really. Maybe like they didn't catch me walking in or something right. and I okay. have to like go back and walk back in. But like, that's like the most rare. I'm very like, just let me like, you know, live my life. And you guys are just here. Like, I, I like to feel that way. I don't even notice, you know, half the time. It's super fascinating to me also because I think I grew up at a time and I became famous when there was really no social media and it was all about kind of mystery and maintaining mystery and don't, you know, reveal too much. Yeah. And and clearly like the paradigm that you guys have created is something that people really want, right? And 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 even me now, even though I'm terrible at social media, like I do enjoy connecting with people and it's, you know, having those other channels to, to reach people or to talk about stuff. And I think it was hard for me in a way to like open myself up in that way to people. Cause I was raised like be private, be private, even though I am enjoying certain aspects of it for sure. But like, how do you delineate what's private for you? And uh, like, do you ever feel exposed? Do you ever feel like, God, I wish that wasn't on TV or I wish I hadn't said that, or I wish they hadn't filmed that? Yeah. There's like moments, like there was like a fight with me, Kim and Chloe, me and Kim mostly, but I was just like, God, like, why does this have to be on television? It's not a, like a proud moment. It was like, we were kind of in different places at the time. I was like, not into filming. I wanted more privacy and just felt like certain things I didn't want to film. And I felt like I had carried such like a bulk of the drama, like for a lack of better words for so many years that I was just like, I don't want to film anything deep. <laughs> like, I just want to come in and I'll sh have a salad with you guys and, you know, <laughs> do whatever, like, but I just couldn't take it. And I was like, so yeah, I've just, I felt like we were in different places and then they felt like, is that fair? Cause we're having to share and you're not sharing or you know, whatever. And so it just put like a, 
wedge kind of between us. And then, yeah, I just felt every day, like we'd see each other on like personal levels. And then when we would come in to film, I felt like there were these little digs all day while we were filming and I just snapped and I like, we had a physical fight. <laughs> no fucking I, way. Yeah. And I was just like, who I, won? I, th- I think I did. <laughs> you can watch the footage. <laughs> But I think I did, but I, I'm small. Like I'm, you've seen me, like I'm five one and I'm small. And I just like, there was so much anger and power inside of my body, like, like rage that I just lost it. And I scratched her. That's my superpower is like my nails. Like when we were like in high school and Kim and I would have fights, I would scratch or pull hair. (laughs) And so I just scratched her like nothing could control me. And I think she slapped me and I slapped her. It was like so like wild. And I was like, why does this moment have to be on? But then there's like beautiful moments. My engagement aired last night on our show. And I'm like, it's so incredible to be able to have this, even though I am super private, there's some moments that I just love you know, to like have that privacy. But what I was going to say too, when you were saying like you grew up in a time where it was like, be private, like hold on to that. And I was thinking, I think one reason how like you were saying like people like, I think connect to us because they feel like they know us so well by seeing some of our most intimate moments in the world. Well, that's what I was going to say about a fight. And look, I'm sure that was uncomfortable for you to have something that was that raw exposed in that way. But sis- sisters fight, right? Yeah. And and people people have sisters and people understand the complications of families. And so I bet on some level, you know, it's a relief to see kind of, if you will, the uglier part of a relationship or something be exposed. It's almost like a yeah. mechanism for self-acceptance because yeah. you're seeing something that's truly real. Or even for those people that hear you and see you and feel you. I remember when that was happening and so many people would like be like, I'm sure they did the same for Kim, but like that people that heard me and felt my side, like it felt not that I need needed that, but it is like an extra layer of like, oh, someone actually like hears me or sees what I'm going through. But what I was going to say is like that connection or, you know, like people like understanding us and knowing us so well, I think that is part of like the brand. Like, that's why I feel like even like with Poosh, like people know me and know that it is my lifestyle or even like with Kim, like she loves beauty, like her or shapewear. Like, I, I mean, I've known Kim to like be obsessed with shapewear like forever. I think it makes sense to people when they know us on that level. It's authentic. Yeah. And also it's interesting. It's like what, it, what just occurred to me as you were talking, like there's kind of a radical integrity that happens when the truth is out there like that, right? And people know exactly who you are. And and then the, the business choices or the life choices that you make from that place, like to your point, really feel an integrity and feel really authentic. So- But I think also for so many years of doing it, like we've gone through ups and downs of feeling like, oh, I need to protect myself. I need some privacy. 
And then to some seasons, like we're feeling like super open and feeling like, like I'm feeling really happy right now. And like, it makes me feel more open. I think also just like having the separation on this, this new show where it's not like we all have to be in the same room, like filming together. It's like, no, I'm at my house and this I'm 43 years old. Like, this is what I, I'm like, not with my sisters 24 seven or with my mom as much as I would love to be, but it's like, this is my reality. And so I love that that's being captured. Like it, it just makes me feel happier before I felt like an overkill of like filming all day to where like, I, I don't know, it would feel guilty. Like if we weren't, and I'm like, no, I have to take my kids to school. Like I have to work out. Like these are things like, I don't feel good about myself if I don't do <laughs> The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. You just touched on on Poosh, and I'm dying to talk to you about how you got into. I mean, you you were saying it it came out of a very authentic place of how you live your life, and yeah. I was just wondering how how many years have you been doing it now? We just had our three year birthday. Happy birthday! Thank you. And my sisters and I had these apps before with a company, and like. Mine was more lifestyle and more curated. And then it just like, we weren't going to be continuing. And a friend of mine, Sarah, who works with me at Poosh, she just kind of came to me and we had lunch and she had so many ideas. And I was like, I love it. Let's do it. And so we did it together. And I think it started more as truly my lifestyle. And then it's evolved into my lifestyle, but I'm also learning, let's say there's like a new trend, like a wellness trend or hacks or things that we learn from the team, from specialists, from, I mean, it's way beyond just me now and like little tricks or things that I do, which I love because I learned so much from it as well. Or like anything I might be curious about, even if I've never done it before, but I might be like, Hey, I heard about this. What do you think? Or, you know, it's, it's just grown into so much more. It's so cool. I remember when you started it, and this brings me to an, an interesting point that I wanted to talk to you about. I've said this to you before, but I feel like part of the reason that the patriarchy holds its power is because they create this notion of scarcity for women and competition yeah. for women so that we are kind of programmed to think, oh, there's not enough room for me and someone else, or like someone's going to take my man or someone's yeah. going to take what's mine. And I think we encountered some of that when you launched Poosh. And I I found it so ridiculous because I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like, women are allowed to have interests in the same field and create businesses. And it doesn't have to be that one is going to take something away from the other or undermine the other in some way. Was it annoying that people were comparing you to Goop? Yeah. I mean, obviously I knew there was going to be that comparison when 
we were starting. I think that like something my sisters and I like pride ourselves in is like being like really supportive too of like other other brands, companies, whatever, like in the same space, because there's so much room to me. It's like, it's almost like cool that we can like, now that we like, you know, can support each other too. I feel like I have a different audience than you have. And then I just feel like it's like having that opportunity to like share audiences. It's wellness. It's such an amazing thing that we're both like in this space. That's like, to me, like, I feel really strongly that it's like doing better for the world and like, who wouldn't want more of that? So I think like, yes, it was annoying, especially when it happened. And I'm like, ah, it's like wellness. It's a good thing. It's, you know, you're like trying to do like something and, and like, I feel like bringing a different perspective as well. I'm sure there's so much overlap too, because it's like, the, you know, it's like mine truly started as my lifestyle. I'm sure yours probably truly started as like your lifestyle. So I'm sure there is lots of overlap. Like how, when I saw you, I was like, I just came from Surya Spa and I knew that you had been to Surya Spa. Totally. Like there's, I'm sure so much overlap, like how many things are there to do, but it's like, it's just a different perspective. And I think what it's really about, I don't know, for me, what wellness is really about is like the permission for the exploration of like what's right for you, what feels good for each individual person. And this idea of like the pursuit of optimization and feeling better in your body, feeling calmer in your mind and approaching things with curiosity and, and openness, right? It's like yeah. it, it, there's a different solution for everybody to feel better in their body or in their relationships and and I love that I, I I think there is a ton of overlap and then and then I love that you approach things in in your way and I love the idea that you're bringing to your audience that permission of like explore this ask yourself mm-hmm. this question like I saw the other day that you posted something about like Travis being someone who calms your nervous system oh yeah yeah I posted quote of that. If I saw my friend, you know, Casey Musgraves. Yeah, of course. I love her. And so she had posted in her story, find the person who calms your nervous system or something, or it said like, but do they calm your nervous system or something like that? Right. And that just really spoke to me. And yeah, that is so powerful. Like to be able to, to drop that idea on your audience, like to right to have somebody read that and reflect on what that actually means and to take that in. And you know how many of us in the world are with or living with people that do the opposite of that and living in fight or flight all the time. Oh yeah. I've had it. It's the most awful thing of life. It's death. Yeah. And so I just love that, that, you know, because you have such a big audience. So the idea that you could encourage people to tune in to themselves in that way, I just think, it's so great. And I'm so happy that you're doing what you're doing. And thank you. I think it's fantastic. So will you just tell me just cause I'm curious and if it's boring or too many people ask you this question, you yeah. don't have to, but like, what are your, what is your wellness practice? Like your daily, what does it look like? Ooh. Do you meditate? Do you eat a certain way? I know you exercise. Yeah, I don't meditate. I used to meditate. I used to do TM. I don't do it anymore. I 
Why? Why did you stop? I don't know. I felt like I, it was time consuming. It was supposed to be like 20 minutes twice a day. Right. And I honestly, it would make me really tired. And I know it's supposed to do the opposite. Like it's supposed to like recharge you or, you know, I think I would do it first thing in the morning and then it would, I don't know. I think I just, one of my wellness practices, and this might sound crazy, is like I have the best alarm clock ringtone, like noise on my phone. And it's like Cinderella. And it's How do we all get that? It's just, you know, you can select a song. Yeah. You can make it a song instead of like an annoying beep that like puts you in a bad mood right when you wake up. Okay. I actually did not know that, but okay. Yeah. So when you set your alarm on your phone, you can set, select a song and you can select any song that's on your, you know, in your phone. And so I did, I have Cinderella, a dream is a wish your heart makes. That's so and cute. Like, I let it play the whole song, like while I'm laying there and kind of waking up. And then I don't look at my phone. Like I turn it, I turn it off at the end. I don't look at my phone. I wake up my kids. And then while my kids are all like self-sufficient to get ready. And then like, I usually take a really quick bath in the, oh, wow. In the morning. morning. Fascinating. And what's in the bath? What do you stick in there? It depends. I'll switch it up. I usually do a detox one more at nighttime, Mm -hmm. but like Sometimes I'll put like, what did I put today? I think I put like a relaxing one, just like lavender. And like, I just, I always switch it up. Nice. And I'll do that for like, literally like a five minute bath. And then I take my kids to school. I don't eat anything first thing in the morning. Or do you do time restricted eating? Not really. I used to do that too. I've done it all. Like I used to do like keto and I would only eat at these hours. But no, I just like, I'm not hungry at that time. And then I take my kids and then I have a matcha with Travis. I go straight to his house. We have a matcha and then we work out. And then I have my whole day. I try to eat really healthy. I probably eat like really weird to most people. Today I had half a grapefruit and like quail eggs. And then I had some I lunch. love quail eggs, by the way. So do I. I have hard boiled quail eggs. I love them. What it's like a thing in England to have those little hard-boiled quail eggs with oh, some it is? celery salt like as an appetizer. I love them. Yum. And then like at, at night, I I always do different things. I told you I was started doing yoni steams. Those are amazing. I love them too. And I like everyone's been telling me to try them or I've definitely heard of them from you and then I just never tried it. And then I recently tried it at Surya Spa. I love them. And then I was like, wait, I need this actually at home. (laughs) And I didn't realize how relaxing it would be. And I speak to my therapist when I do my therapy calls and I do the Yoni steam at the same time. Does the therapist know that you're steaming your vagina while you're talking? (laughs) Now she'll know. And then every night I do this thing too, where I take a hot water bottle like an old school, like hot water bottle. I have a tea kettle in my room and I just put it, turn it on, put the hot water in it. And I put it under my bed, like at the bottom of my bed. Cause I used to always sleep with socks and now I can take my socks off, get in bed. And it's so warm. It's like so comforting. It's like, I was just being gone for nine days and coming home. I was like, I cannot wait to do my hot water bottle. I'm like an old grandma. 
How important do you think rituals are in wellness, like in terms of calming your nervous I think system? rituals are so important. I think it's important also to take a break from the rituals yeah. and be able to That's come key. back to them. Yeah. Because Great then, distinction. Yeah. Like, and there's so many things we could be doing, right? There's like, we could spend our entire day from morning to night, like doing wellness things. And like, you know, sometimes we have times for more, like I've been the last two months, just like no supplements. I'm not taking any supplements. I need a break. And then I'll go back and I'll start, you know, taking my supplements again and seeing. And will you do blood work before you take them again? Like, how do you do that? Yes. So I'll do blood work. And then I have an amazing, like, natural doctor who will muscle test me on everything and kind of tell me what I need. And I love that like reset of starting from scratch and being like, forget everything I was taking and let's just start from scratch. I do think it's so important. And just to like be able to go in and out of wellness practices. I love it too. And I really like that you said taking a break because sometimes I think we can it's a way to like feel bad about ourselves if we're like, I have to do this or I have to eat this way or I have to whatever. And it's like nice to just take a break. I, I really enjoy when I, you know, have my breaks or like I was really strict with food and everything for like a year because I was dealing with long COVID and mold toxicity and stuff like that. And then oh my gosh. I went to Italy and I just ate and drank everything and stopped taking all my supplements. And it was like the best week of my life. And then I was like you know, motivated to come home and recommit. Yeah. That's how I am. Today's day one of recommitting. Recommitting. (laughs) So what do you, so back, back on like healthy eating and supplement. Well, if you're traveling too, it's hard, isn't it? It's hard. Yeah. So now I do really well though. Like I'm really great at working out even when I'm traveling. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Like I love to get up, have a matcha and hit the gym, like just like I do at home. But like, yeah. Then there's things like, I'm not going to have a protein shake after, or like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm going to have some Italian bread and olive oil and pasta. Like I have to indulge, I think. Yeah. Like if- you got to give yourself a break. I mean, there's so much joy in life too. You don't want to cut yourself off with this aesthetic, rigid, you know, life, even if it does feel good sometimes and, and like being healthy and stuff like that. I want to ask you a little bit about like blending families. We talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I really think that this is a subject that needs a lot more airtime. Mm-hmm. The step parenting and the blending families. And I just wanted to know what your strategies have been and and how it is for you guys. Like, is there a certain approach that you're taking or what what advice you might have for people who are struggling with this topic? I mean, I think it's, you know, each family is like so different, but then also I'm sure so similar, you know, like there's so many similarities and I think like doing whatever works best for each situation. I did love what you said to me, which is like, you kind of wished that you had just moved in quicker or just like, didn't take that slow, like easing in. I think you said it was like a year, right? Yeah. Like I kind of wish I had been like, I know this is hard for you guys. 
like, fuck it, I love you, I'm going to be a parent to you too. I was so concerned about the feelings of my stepkids and I love them so much and it was, you know, it's hard. And yeah, we're, you know, we live a block away from each other. So that's why we're kind of in that place of like, everyone loves their own home. And, you know, it's like, we are a block away. So it's like a nice thing. And then the days when they're at their dad's, like I can always be there. And then I think, I think it's like hard to know what's the right thing to do. What's the best thing to do. And then like, you know, we're like, well, let's have rooms at each house for everybody. (laughs) Like, let's make a bunk bed room and let's do all the stuff. So I think we're like taking the steps, but we're also really like mindful of like everyone like also being happy and not feeling out of place or it's difficult balance, isn't it? It is. We also are not putting a ton of pressure on ourselves to like make, you know, like a forced or like really fast decision. So we're kind of just like, let's just take our time and see what feels best. And also if we found like a perfect home or something like that, I'm sure that we would also just like do that where everyone feels like it's everyone's instead of like, we're moving to your house or you're moving to our house. And then, you know, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know what I would say. I would say though, to have, have the conversations and like check in with each other would be my advice. Cause like, even this morning, like I said to my kids, like, you know, how does everyone feel about everything? Like, I don't know, just to like check in or like, do you guys have any questions or like, you know, just like having those conversations. And yeah, I think also like being a step parent is obviously like a new thing. And I think one, one blessing is that like, we've had a relationship before, right? You guys were friends. We were friends for eight years and they would come over and, you know, do gingerbread houses and carve pumpkins and all the holidays and stuff. So I guess what I would like to ask you is in closing is like, as someone who's been in the public eye for a really long time, so I'm going to listen to you, what you say as well. So how do you stay really close to yourself and really like on your own side when you're so heavily scrutinized by the media and people have opinions about you and your family and your sisters? How do you stay sane and whole and friends with yourself? I think it's like protecting your energy, keeping your circle tight. And like, to me, like I always feel really my best when I'm with the people that I feel like get me, love me, you know, for who I am and, and people who remind me of who I am and and like get you and know who you really are, like, and what your intentions are and like, just who you are as a person and doing things that feel good. And like being aware of anyone or anything that like, isn't making you feel good. You know, like at that time, like I said, when I fought with my sisters, like I was really struggling with like filming at that time. And I probably just should have taken a break and like taken a big step back because I wasn't feeling good. And I wished that I would have like had the courage to do that. And now you would, right? You've learned that lesson for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
just to like really do what feels good. But I think having someone who you can have those conversations with, like, I feel like I have conversations like that with Travis all the time, or like, if he notices that something isn't making me feel good, if like, as a friend, even like pointing it out, you know, to me, like, I hear you say this a lot, like, or recognizing like, oh, I'm on my phone in the mornings and I really don't feel good because I saw this, you know, Jay Shetty, I saw this thing on Instagram that he said, when you look at your phone and first thing in the morning, it's like letting a hundred people like in your room, like shouting different things, at you, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like why are the things that I look at on my phone? It's never something urgent. I feel like someone could call me if it was. And so now I just, I don't look until like after I'm done with my kids and dropping them off and, you know, like then I'll start to catch up with my phone, but like that makes a big difference in my mood. Just like being aware of things like that. Yeah. I'm going to try that because I get right on it in the morning and I notice that. Oh, I used to. And it's been, it's such a change and you need to make a song for your. Yeah. I'm going to get the dream alarm clock whatever makes you feel good yes <laughs> and i'm so happy for you that you are in a relationship that a calms your nervous system and b where he notices you know those things about you and what's working for you or not like that's real partnership and real friendship that's fantastic yeah. thank you so much you're so welcome you deserve it thank you deserve you. it thank you I wish I had a push podcast because I have so many questions to ask you. Well, maybe you should start one. I know. Maybe someday or maybe I'll just send you text messages and pick your brain. Anytime. I'm here for you. Thanks for tuning in to today's conversation with Courtney Kardashian. Our joint candle, This Smells Like My Pushy, is available on goop.com. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. 